Good evening. This is Slogging It. Now, Christ almighty. Sorry, Marnus. Have we got some stuff to bring to you tonight? <laughs> now, firstly, an apology from me, because I'm, it, it, may, it may be the fact that I upset some people last week. Now, I'm not here to upset people. I'm, I'm, I, I am non, I am non-judgmental. You know, I just say things sometimes, and and sometimes it's not the, quite the right thing to say. But yeah, yeah, never mind. Hey, you know, make no apologies, tell no lies, ask no questions, all that bollocks. But I'm sorry if I offended anybody last week. I happen to be what people would refer to as agnostic, and uh, Mister Labeth <laughs> is not. Doesn't mean I disagree with him. Doesn't mean I agree with him. But there we go. Anyway, on to today. What have we learned this week? That is the um, worst apology I've ever heard. Pardon? I still don't even know what you're apologising for. What are you apologising for? I'm not, I'm not really apologising. What, what I've admitted is that maybe I upset some people with a certain certain sentence I may or may not have said last week. Recorded, Johnny. You definitely said it. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I may have. I, it, okay, yep. It's gone down in the annals of history. Yeah, I, we may be cancelled off the back of it. One thing we have learned, though, is we've got loads more listeners than we thought because of all the complaints. <laughs> we haven't now. <laughs> well, yeah, no, sorry. Asterix that with, we used to have loads more listeners than we thought. Turns out they were all religious too, and so they've all fucked off to listen to something else. But never mind, you know, it's just one of those things. Another thing we've learned is that the pros listen. One in particular, absolute belter of a bloke, friend of the podcast, Brooksy Ferret. Now we need to get him back on. What an absolute champion that man is. What an absolute champion. Now, going back to Simon's question that we talked about last week, if we were to bring English men, you know, in English players into who'd be a great club pro, Jack Brooks, I mean, yes, he would fall into the Pat Cummins, like, too good-looking category. You know, I've seen him at a fancy dress party dressed as Wolverine. Christ, I tried to shag him. But what a man. What a cricketer. Loves a beer. Just an absolute champion fella. So, Brooksy, we love you. I love you probably more than the other two. And they love you a lot. But it's just great to, to be in your ears, mate, if I'm honest. Anyway, moving on. Cricket. What happened? What happened? Third test, fourth test, third innings. Simon's lost his mind. Oh, so yeah. Eugene, <laughs> Eugene, I'm coming to you first for for the impartial view. Where did it all go wrong? Because I thought we were staring two two down the barrel, and it was going to set up a brilliant climax to the series. I got my wish. India batted fourth. So the toss had no bearing on it on a pitch which was arguably pre-test match slated, which turned out to be a very good test match pitch. Yeah, it was it was a great game. I think there was ebbs and flows. Where did England lose it? Drop catches probably didn't help. Bowling too much spin at the end of day three when they maybe should have brought a seamer on. I think there was a quick 40 runs when Jarrell smashed the spinners around for for a quick end of day 40, which which got them closer. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, lots of small things, pretty much like the rest of the series, to be fair. Small little things going the wrong way of England, and, yeah, it hasn't worked out that well. Um, and so, please note, I did note, I did say, I did not mention one thing about DRS, so I think no, it no, is no, no, no. We we should we shall come on to that because obviously that's been a contentious issue throughout the, this test match. But we we will deal with that. Now I'll come to Simon in a minute. Um, Simon, I know, has has only just got onto the recording because he spent so long getting back from John O'Groats where he's started marking his run up. I actually had to go to Simon's house and feed his child his tea tonight because because Simon was out marking his long run up out. So. God knows what we've got in store this evening. Now, I don't. I, I've, I've watched watched and listened to all of it today in some in kind of dismay for some of it, to be honest. Now, I don't know. One of the things I don't know is who actually won man of the match. But I, it could have gone to Ashwin. But for me, Jarrell, for that ninety he scored in India's first innings, 
had to win it because, and so, as Simon's just giving the thumbs up, like if they'd have given it to Ashwin on a pitch that, you know, okay, it's been a reasonable test match, it still wasn't a great test pitch. Like, you know, it, I, I don't think Simon might disagree with me, you might disagree with me, huge, but I don't think it was a great wicket. You can't have that many cracks and plates in it right from ball one. You, you saw the extravagant, like, bounce and movement, even the third ball. Of the, of the first innings, like wrapped Crawley on the gloves, just leapt off the leg. But anyway, I thought the way that he went about both knocks, to be fair, and also Shubman Gill in the second innings, considering his place is arguably under threat, both as Tendulkar's daughter's boyfriend and India's number three. I thought they both played brilliantly, but I think I think the wicketkeeper, Batter, has, has been absolutely phenomenal with bat in hand in, in both. He doesn't look like the best keeper to me. And I think it was a tricky pitch, and he got a couple like hit him in the shoulder, and he dropped a couple of chances. But we, it just looked so composed. And also something that I've read tonight: when he gave the salute, when he got his fifty, he is one of the very, very few Indians that his dad absolutely despises the fact that he wanted to become a cricketer, and he actually didn't tell him like until like he got called up for in, to the Indian Test team, and actually managed to hide it from him. Because his his family just weren't into him playing cricket whatsoever. But anyway, Robbo, welcome to tonight's podcast. How are you, dear boy? And what have you got for us? I'm, I'm okay. I was not wish to make you feel bad, Johnny. I was actually at a funeral today. Yeah, I know um, you were. So I, I knew would bring that up. So I was late. Because back. You, uh, but no, I do have some stuff that I can run out. I think basically, like Eugene said, the test match was decided by a couple of moments, as all. I mean, all test cricket, all cricket is decided by key moments, and England have just got, have lost the the key moments. That's been the whole thing. My my rant that I could have is is twofold, really. The first people, I I, I hate, I'm, I'm on all these groups on social media, and I I don't know why I'm on them because it it's full of just idiots that think they can justify the fact that yeah we, we discussed Joe Rooke now playing that reverse lap off Bullard, which I said was the wrong decision I don't think he should stop playing it but I think he's got to judge when to play it better like if he's going to play it you've got to accept the consequences when you get it wrong and say look I've got that wrong like you've got to learn and adapt and this is the one thing we've said about this England side is you need to learn and adapt and read pitches and read game situations and they're not the best at it Let's be honest. If it's not working out for them in the ter- in terms of basketball in the, in the past, it's not they've not been great at adapting. However, this test, Joe Root in that first innings adapted. Ben folks adapted. They went went right. This isn't that type of wicket. We need to get to three hundred to give ourselves a chance. And Joe Root played a, a, a really really good innings along with some of the other players, some of the other guys, folks being one of them, some a couple of the guys down at bottom, Ollie Robinson actually batted quite well in support of Joe Root. But it's these people that then think that is justification for saying Joe Root shouldn't have been playing the way he was. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, like you say, everyone was saying it was a great shot when he reversed hit Cummins' first ball of the day. And then to call him out on it, you're calling him out for the wrong thing. You shouldn't, you're not saying he shouldn't be playing the shot. He practices the shot. What you can question is, did he play the shot at the right time? And and you can argue that to whichever way you want to. I personally think he played at the wrong time. India are down their main spinner. They've got one good seam bowler. All the other guys are under pressure. Why would you want to play it off him? He could turn around and say, well, surely that's the time I do want to play it because if I can get on top of their main bowler, and that's fine. Like you can have that debate. He got out. He got it wrong. That's the, the be all and end all. But my first rant is about dickheads that just choose to, and it's this lazy journalism that was spoken about a couple of times before. I love the way he says on, first. Rant. I love the way he says first <clears throat> rant. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I have a, yeah, I know. I, I, Robert, I don't disagree with you. I have a question though. I don't think that Joe Root should be playing like he plays in England because it's different conditions. Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't stop playing the reverse. I'm just saying the ball isn't bouncing as consistently as it was in the Ashes, as an example. 
And so, you know, test three versus test four, I think he got his mindset right. I think, in actual fact, I think all those high-risk shots should be put away in Indian conditions. Nobody should be reverse sweeping unless... Worked all right for Ollie Pope in the first test, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And look, that's one out of, what, how many innings? Because he's got two pairs, hasn't he? So... And I'm not saying he got up playing the reverse sweep, by the way. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not talking about Ollie Post specifically. What I'm saying is, like, he played yeah. that shot a lot. And so don't just, we can't, it's, you know, we can't just put it down to Indian conditions. I think once you're in, like, once you're properly in, then, you know, and you're seeing the, the ball like a watermelon, then you can kind of start to play these funky shots because you're properly in by that point, is my, is my point. And, and I agree. And I think, Eugene, you're saying exactly the right thing. I think the pitch dictated his mentality in this and that's round number two when it comes to talking about the pitch but i think it's people need to be very very careful about what they want from obviously ben stokes come out saying they want to play positive cricket they don't do draws all this kind of stuff i think if you go on the other end of the spectrum you've got someone that in joe root that maybe doesn't need to be as positive in his mindset because he naturally scores quite quickly. He doesn't need to play that as much as he should. Compared that to someone like Ben Duckett, who I think arguably needs to be more positive in his mindset. This is someone that is very positive. However, we've seen how he's got out against the spinners. And he hasn't often. And it's when he's played that kind of no man's land prop forward, mainly to Ashwin. But I, I, I would have to, I'm speaking for him. It doesn't look like he can quite pick him, which in terms of the one that's kind of sliding straight on the quicker ball and all that kind of stuff. I, I might be completely wrong there. He might have just got lucky, but he's like one that's kind of bowled in at middle of the leg stump where he kind of props half forward and, he, and he's got out caught back pad twice. And, it, and it's that kind of one, like, does he need to be more positive on that? But what I'm saying is let's think about what these guys are doing, right? They are playing in high pressure situations and have to make decisions quickly. Can you question them? Yeah, absolutely. But question the decision and the timing of it. Don't question the the other bits. Go on. So on on that, and I completely agree with you. Having watched Ben Duckett for his entire innings until he was out to Ashwin, I, I know you know he he'd gone out. He was aggressive on the front foot, reverse hard reverse sweeps, hard sweeps, a race on to. I, I he only could probably got. A, between 15, 16, maybe 11, something like that. But it actually looked really good for the period that he was out there. And yes, Crawley went on to get 70 again or whatever he got, 60 or whatever. But I kind of think with Ben Duckett, who I really rate, by the way, I think since he's come back into this side, he's and you know he's done brilliantly. But is it a case of he's facing Ashwin, who we know, you know, Ashwin's taken now, what, 504 test wickets or near as damn it, whatever it is. He almost looks like he's playing that little proddy forward one because he's gone like, right, well, I've gone hard at him twice this over and now I need to just maybe suck it up. And it's almost like he's second-guessing himself, maybe because of the wicket or because of knowing how good, you know, We've all we've all played cricket where you you, face, you you know you're batting you're facing a bowler and you're thinking right I know how good this guy is right either through reputation or you know I've been played against him a number of times whatever and then you 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 turn around and you start to second guess yourself and you start to go well actually right okay I've hit him for a couple of boundaries now and even if the next one's there for it you kind of almost like you kind of go into your shell a fraction. And you you kind of lose that positive intent because you you're almost like well I don't want to test I don't want to push my luck too far so you kind of think well I'm I'm just going to block this one for you know if you hit a couple of boundaries in a row all of a sudden then you you might play a bit of a defensive product that third one and I just wonder whether that maybe has come into duck it into Ben's mind a little bit and that's why we've seen him kind of get a bit proddy having looked so good, where he's all a bit like, okay, I'm really pushing my luck here. Even though he's hit the sweeps and reverse sweeps well and hard and middled them, do we think that might be a contributing factor to it? Yeah, I think that's exactly what I mean. I'm not saying, by being more positive, I'm not saying he's got to hack it. I'm saying, because you can be, they did a really interesting piece today in the commentary where they were talking about Jarrell compared to Gill. And when the way that they played the spinners, 
And if you look at when Jarrell does play a defensive shot, he's normally going, he's coming towards the ball and trying. So if he does play a good defensive shot, he's he's looking for a gap. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas what Duckett seems to be doing when he's doing that is it is a nothing. And, it, and again, Ben Duckett is, is a fine player. This isn't me having a, a pop at him personally. It's me looking at what's going on and going, he just seems to be exactly what you've said. It's like when you see it in club cricket so often, when someone's got the field back, or they've managed to get long on back and they just think, oh, I've just got to keep hitting it to long on. And then they get a shin eye full, or a knee eye full toss on middle and leg. And rather than farming it out the ground, they try and play like a half cock bunt to mid on, yeah. miss it, bold. Yeah. Or cloth it to mid wicket, and you're just going. No, you, you what? What you've stopped playing is the ball. The key thing is when Kevin Peterson said, we talked about 2005 Ashes, and go forget who you're playing, forget the name on the back of the shirt, play what's coming at you. Yeah, and play the me, ball, there's just the been a couple. Yeah, and there's just been a couple of times where he's gone boundary, boundary, or that, and then and we've seen it, in, and he just. It's like he gets out in front of him because the ball's maybe not on the line that he thinks it is. Like I said, it tends to be that slightly bit straighter, and he, and he's just like, oh, hang on, and and that second the, the the way he got out yesterday, he just basically it was it was like he was giving catching practice to the guy with short mm. leg. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I've I've done there and I've done that drill hundreds and hundreds of times where you stand at short leg at silly point and the guy sits there and with a badge manipulates his wrist to get you the ball, so you can judge it. He just looked like he was doing that. Mm. And so I think going going back to what I was saying, it's about this positive mindset needs to be everyone's got to have their own. Ben Stokes has shown that through his captaincy. He's going to be positive in defence when he first gets in. With some people have quite well, have arguably rightly criticised him when he's when he's done the half folly thing and, and blocked it or missed it. But I, I just think yeah, they people need to actually watch what is happening rather than just look at a scorecard at the end and go, oh, Root's got 100 off 250 balls. Oh, he's obviously played more defensively. Well, that only tells a tenth of the story. I completely agree. I've never been a fan of, and, and I, I know I've experienced this, where someone will tell you how the game went based on looking at a scorecard when they weren't even there to watch it, which I find incredibly frustrating because you can't, You've, you've got no idea of what the intricacies are of the game having not been there. So it's, it's very easy to look at a scorecard and try and think or suggest you know you know the way in which things have happened, which is never the case. You bring up Ben Stokes, which I wanted to come on to. Is there a, Are we worried about Ben a little bit? Because you look at the way that he's got out twice in this innings. Now, you know, the conditions are difficult, but... For someone who's positive in every aspect of what they do, whether it's captaincy, whether it's bowling, whether it's you know catching, whatever, and, and normally is batting. Like I've been lucky enough to be there in Barbados when he smashed it miles. I was lucky enough to watch him score two hundred and fifty-eight at Cape Town. Like, but this, I just worry, and I'm no one to tell Penn Stokes how I think he should be playing, but. You know, as avid cricket watchers that we are, and 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 avid cricket fans that we are, are we starting to worry a little bit? Like he's almost taking it upon his back now because we've seen him be successful. You know, you look at Headingley where he was what three off sixty balls or whatever it was before he went on to score that that magical innings. It's almost like he's decided now that he's going to be really watchful for twenty or thirty balls. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the way in which he's been out in the, well, obviously the first, the first, the first innings, you can't really complain about because the one, the grubber off Jadeja, no one's going to do anything about that. But the one from, oh, Kuldeep Yadav, that's it. I was going to say Kumar Yadav. Yeah, Kuldeep Yadav. He's, he's, he's back in his crease to begin with, but then there is no kind of stride. He is. He is getting. No, he's not trying to get close to the ball or whatever, and so he's he's almost kind of stuck on the crease. He's someone who we know to be ultra ultra positive about in every part of his character. Now, so convinced that he needs to kind of bed himself in and go probably against his natural tendencies. Let's say, kind of no. sort of suffering because of that. No. No, because when you think about it, every single test innings that you can think of where that that Ben that Ben Stokes has been very good at, that Joe Leach and him put on that partnership, he probably seventy balls he'd be batted out for. Well, All of the I, games. Spoke to, I spoke to Joe Leach today and he is going to love the fact that you've thought that it was him buying with him rather than Joe Root or Jack Leach. Jack Leach. Oh, Jack. Yeah, Joe Leach, Joe yeah, Leach yeah. from Watcher is going to be absolutely be over the moon with you, Eugene. <laughs> I mean, you know, left-handed, right-handed. Yeah, yeah, sorry, apologies. You know, all the leeches look the same, so it's fine. You know, we, we don't discriminate. Yeah, but but he, he starts off very slowly in every innings. So I just think that he's got two balls that are just going to get him out. Unfortunately, that was just, you know, the first one, as you said, P-roller. Second one, to be fair... I think that rolled too. I felt that kept really yeah. low. I didn't think that he would have been able to do anything. I just think he was just really unlucky. But that is that is the the the, the Ben Stokes that we know. He starts off really slowly and then unleashes once he's got his eye in and he clears the you know clears that front leg. How disappointing then was it that someone like Kuldeep Yadav managed to stick around for what eighty hundred balls or whatever it was to score twenty four because. One of the things that they were saying on, I think I, I had to listen, if I wasn't watching it on TV, I was listening to it on TalkSport too, that they were saying you can literally stick around on this pitch and block and you're not going to face that much trouble. But then it turned out in the third innings, like is that, you know, Simon, you played more two innings games than, than Eugene and I put together. Like, do we do we think that it was that third innings pressure that got to the England boys? Do we think it was Ashwin's genius that, do we think it was the pitch? I know you want to have a bit of a... Uh, you've got some things to say on the pitch, right? I mean, I people talk about pitches all the time, and it, I'll be honest, it... It, 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 it gets it's you garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. Because both teams have to play on the pitch. Like, I don't mean the well, pitch they, was garbage. Okay, I mean, okay. what... No, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, just to interject... I, I agree. I agree with you. And there's that old adage of saying you can't judge a pitch until both teams have batted on it. But in that first hour or first session, let's say when England were 112 for five in the first innings, that pitch was spicy for the first morning of a Test match. Now I know that well, you know side bowling should have the should have that that opportunity. But I think that was probably more spicy than you would see most pitches. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all because we've had the conversation about what Rohit Sharma yeah. said in South Africa and blah, 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 blah. But I do think that it was, you know, maybe that was the moisture in the pitch for it being the first morning or not. I don't know. But, but it, I mean, it's another one of those things that begs the question. Every, you, we, people saw the pitch and everyone said it was going to be dry and it did look dry. Uh, like, it's every, every pitch should have a little bit in it. And this I'm not saying it was a great pitch. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination. I think it was a fair-ish pitch, not a poor pitch. 
Because what it had was that first morning, as if you play in everywhere else but the subcontinent, first morning, a seamer, unless it's they've decided to ruin the MCG, the Boxing Day Test match at the MCG like they did a few years ago when we went to watch and my wife had a really good four-hour kit. Like the, all the pitches in, in everywhere but the subcontinent, unlike the, in the West Indies used to, had a bit in them. Yes, Ben Stokes, the, the fifth wicket to fall was before lunch. That, that, that for me is yes, that which for me takes the level of the pitch down from being fair to good to fair. Because you can't. Is that fair though? Is that fair? The last ball before lunch. So let's say you, you're supposed to bowl 30 overs a session. Yeah, but, you, so let's yeah, say... right, but how many balls did it? Two. But... Ben Stokes got them both. Well, no, because like, you, no, actually, got one LBW in the first in the first dig. To be fair, that stayed very low. But for me, it's like right, okay. There's got to be there's got to be an amount of contest in it. We talk about wickets in India. I mean, do we want to go back to the the days in Sri Lanka where you played over there? And the first morning they were flat. They were flat for two days, and then by the time it actually got so it was anything reasonable. It, it was it was seven hundred and fifty. You played six hundred and fifty, and you're trying to formulate a game in in ten overs. Yeah. Now people wonder. I mean, people wonder why Test cricket's dying. I think this was a, a wicket that gave Bob seem as a chance. You've seen a guy get ninety in the first inning. You've seen Joe Root make a well hard earned hundred and twenty. You've seen a number nine get fifty, and then you've seen it spin in the second innings when the bowlers made it bounce, which England forgot to do, I think they thought they were playing baseball on that third evening. I, I'm fuck knows what happened there. But it, it, I mean, Rohit Sharma was quite a good player, especially if you're going to keep bowling him shit-eye follies. Right? <laughs> he will let you anywhere on the ground. But let's 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 try for, I think, let, uh, let's, as people who talk about cricket and who enjoy cricket, let's enjoy the cricket. Let's not find reasons yeah. to talk about DRS, which I know we'll speak about in a bit. Let's not find reasons to blame the pitch. Let's not find reasons to sit and go, well, freaking summits happened and I'm God with forbid. You, and I'm I mean, you. like uh, the summit screen moved. Oh, fuck off. Like, I mean, let's talk, when you look at it, the fact that when, when you look at it, fucking spell. He did. That's, that's what I was about to say. That is the difference. Because when you look at it, England faced 100 overs in the first innings. India faced 100 overs in the second innings. There was one over between them per innings. The, the third innings where England batted, Ashwin had an absolute cracker of a spell taking a fifer. They only bowled 53.5. Fourth innings, it took them 61 overs to get those runs. So it wasn't like there was, you know, it wasn't like the, the, there was just a ball that, was, that had your name on it like some people might be perceived that this Indian pitch might have had. From my perspective, yeah. I didn't see a problem with the pitch. I thought it was a proper hard pitch they didn't, to bat they didn't, on. They didn't really take. They didn't really take off until like right at the back end, like from when they needed twenty or less. That was when they they started to go hard at it. And I think India were never in trouble with time in the game, were they? That for me is where it becomes a fair pitch. It's not always going to be 600, 600, 600, 600. It's going to be it's Test cricket. It's supposed to, you play in different conditions. You play in different pitches. You travel around. Yeah. So are we then Let's saying, which my original question was about the third innings and did England choke in the third innings? That, that was the question. Uh, uh, you know, did, was, was it, it Ashwin bowl really well? Was it Ashwin's uh, genius or was it a case of, you know, because you, you, let's not forget, Joe Root, the, the previous day, was 122 not out. And then, you know, we, we will come on to DRS now. But, you know, to, to the naked eye, you know, Joe Root's in the form of his, well, probably the best form he's been in for a long time after that first innings. And it was the Joe Root of old that we know and love, right? And we've discussed the whole, has he been swept along with the nature of Ball? You know, we were talking about it last week, for God's sake. And and I think we've agreed on, on this podcast that he was the one guy that didn't really need to change the way he played. And and arguably, you'd say Ben Folk's in that side because they, they've both got their own method and, you know, they're both very good at it. And I actually like the balance that that brings to this England side because you've got, you know, the dashers or the guys who are going to try and look to score at four, five, six and over. And then you've got Joe Root, who's good enough to 
to, in effect, play his own game, but has maybe been swept along with Baz Ball and has, and to his detriment, probably tried to do things a little bit too differently, which hasn't necessarily worked. But then you see the the classic or the class of Joe Root come through in that first innings where he's 122 red. And I'm not saying, he, you know, he, he looked like he was set up to play a similar kind of innings in the second innings as he did in the first, but he just got one that 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 pitched just in line, right? You know, and that was that was the that was the only difference. Yeah. So anyway, DRS. What what do we think now? We're we're not complainers here. We're not we're not going to say England have been DRS out the out of the the match or the series. Look, Christ, India had England had four that went with them in the first innings. You know. What I have to say is, what a genius review on the first morning from Rohit Sharma for Ollie Pope, considering how far down the wicket he was. So they've changed it from 2.5 metres to 3 metres. So it was obviously, I think he was above 2.5 away, but less than 3. What a genius piece of captaincy that was. Or whoever you know his lieutenants are that have gone, fucking hell, I reckon you know, this is worth a punt here because... Yes, Ollie Pope's bagged a pair in the match. He got 196 in the first test in one dig. Like dangerous player. That that's a brilliant piece of captaincy for me. He obviously the debutant had a had a great spell with the ball in that first morning, getting three for spit. After that, kind of went off the boil a little bit. I don't know if it's adrenaline or or what. But oh, Robbo, you and I had a conversation yesterday, quite a long conversation about DRS. You've got some views on it. Where do we see? Where do we think it's at? What, not to complain about it, but what changes do we think could be made in order to make it fairer? Well, not fairer because it's the same for both sides as it as it is. But what could make it better? I think it's just the writing of the laws for me. It's, the the initial thing with DRS was to overturn Howler, and what we've had in this test match is Kumar Dharmasena give two guys not out. In my opinion, he and what he saw as he has to be a hundred percent confident, he gave the right decision in Joe Root LBW and in Ollie Pope's LBW in the second innings and and in the first innings for that matter, and in Joe Root's one in the second innings, he has got to be one hundred percent certain that the ball is pitched in line, hitting in line, and is hitting the stumps. Right. And for me, on both, certainly both the second innings ones, he made a good decision because he can he can't be a hundred percent certain that that when it's given the replays that we saw, he he can stand there and go, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Now people might want to call him a not out merchant, and that's fine. Like if that's what people want to say, we all know someone buys a more out. Some people would argue that they are the ones that are interpreting the law incorrectly because the law states that the umpire should be certain of his decision. What you've got in DRS is something that is far more certain in terms of what has happened than any human being can be. So with both of those, it was shown that the ball had pitched in line with the current laws of to what percentage of the ball i mean that was it i've done an umpiring course there was never anything that told me what percentage of the ball had to pitch where or had to hit where because only only one millimeter of the ball has to hit the fucking stump to knock it over yet we're now saying that 50 percent of the ball well 49 percent of the ball doesn't count which i think is a share of shit for me but you then stand and go so so what I'm getting to is I think both of those were the right decisions from everybody involved. What I think needs looking at is the writing of the law and the way it is applied. Now, I don't want to get to a point where the umpires don't exist because, we're, I mean, we're almost there anyway. Let's, mm-hmm. let, let's not fuck about. All they do is give leg buys and buys and give a half-assed decision that now with the amount, with it, with it being increased to three reviews and an umpire's call situation, 
every decision fundamentally is going to get reviewed because unless you're Johnny Bairstow in that first innings, reviewing one that's, I mean, you may as well have kicked his own poles over. <laughs> I mean, he, he, which for me was another ridiculous one, but they're not doing anything fundamentally. They're barely counting to six anymore because it's up on a big screen. So the fundamental role of a, an umpire is now just to go leg buys, buys, thanks. Do we think that the umpires... So why was there so much controversy then? Why was there so, so much I, controversy I, then? I, so I think, looking at, you know, the, the umpires took an absolute hounding in this test about how bad a game they were having and this, that and the other. And like Simon says, Darmasena, who we know to be one of the best umpires in test cricket or in international cricket, like, if you have a couple of decisions overturned, then all of a sudden the heat is then back on the umpires. But I completely agree with Simon. Unless you're 100% sure that that's hitting the stumps as an umpire, the benefit has to go with a batter, right? That's the way in which the game laws are written, right? The benefit of the doubt has to go with the batter. Now, we've already seen in the time that DRS has been involved in the game that there are more, because I agree with Simon again, which is incredibly unusual that you know only one millimeter of the ball or two millimeters or whatever only enough of the ball to knock the bales off needs to be hitting the stumps in order for it to be given out right but and since the advent of drs i think you see more decisions given based on that than you would have done before the advent of drs but all of a sudden kumar damasina has not become a bad umpire overnight because he can only give what his eyes see and what his eyes interpret into his brain and all the chemical reactions that happen, and then he makes his decision. I think the the advent of DRS and, and where DRS has now come to is in is in real danger of making umpires look like they don't know what they're doing when actually they're fine umpires. And I, I feel like it gives them a real rough end of the stick because you see so many, other than Joel Wilson, because he's wang. Sorry, cancel culture, hashtag. <laughs> I'm off again. But the, the, he's, he's causing a problem. He's causing a problem because, you know, umpires who've worked their absolute nuts off to get to that international level and other things they might have worked off if they're officiating in the, the women's game are... You know, now being it, it now looks as if they don't know what they're doing, which I think is completely unfair. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at different press, Jono, because from my perspective, if anything, it's backing up their decisions. The questionable stuff is coming in when people are going, "Is the third umpire manipulating stuff to make it look like it's not out?" So, from my right. perspective, okay. the on-field so, umpires. So he's not the third umpire, first of all, but yeah, so. There was an article that came out and there was a tweet from Michael Vaughan, who we know Michael Vaughan can be spicy at times when he wants to be. Now, something that he's written, which I actually agree with. Now, we all know that I'm not the biggest BCCI fan, right? But I don't know who's in the trucks doing the DRS. It might be ICC-appointed officials rather than, or, or whoever it is. But what, what you can't get into the position of is having so much, so little clarity that people start to question stuff. So it, whoever's in those trucks, what Michael Vaughan suggested is put cameras in there, like they have a VAR, right? Although VAR is terrible anyway. But you can hear, so in the stadium, you can hear what's being said between the umpire and the third umpire and the, the director, let's say, but there is nothing... You know, Simon brought up on, on this there podcast is. six months ago, hold on, six months ago, the fact that the the impact, and, and, and I think it was Finney said this on TNT Sport yesterday, you, you, you know where it pitches, and then from there, you know roughly where the impact point is. But the impact point is very much based on human interpretation. And then from impact point to the stumps, is a guess really and there's nothing you know and it and it's 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 a projection right but who knows right so you know he's obviously done within parameters and this that and the other but i just i just think that it's 
you know, clear it up, have cameras in there. There is. I'm not so Is there? Yeah, 100%. So, again, we, we don't often talk about other podcasts, but Simon Hughes interviewed Paul Hawkins today, who is the owner of DRS, to ask specifically these questions. Is and he Indian by any chance? It, no, no, he's English. I'm I mean, he's, he's properly English. He's, I know. He's, I know. he's, 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 obvi- but, he's obviously not. <laughs> but, but properly interesting is... They are cameras inside, and the reason that you don't ever see any of them and only the ICC has access to them is because of the intellectual property around DRS. So there are cameras that are focused on them, but they aren't publicized to the external world. Your other point is there's not only one person in the van. There's two independent people looking at two different systems that both look at exactly the same thing to make sure so that it is fair. They measure, and again, I'm paraphrasing what, what, what Simon and Paul spoke about and highly recommend going to listen to it because it's probably the best 20 minutes of technology that you'll ever get in, in touch with. But they go and measure the stumps every single day before a game's play and make sure that they put the correct parameters in to make sure it's looking. The last thing I'll just mention on, on that DRS point is the reason that that LBW looked like it pitched outside is because sometimes there is a 0% value or a, 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 and, and what they've actually done is they use the same technology in tennis, believe it or not. Mm. What they've actually done is they've manipulated that when it's 0% in, as they call it in tennis, they've actually made it 1% in so that they're going to, the, the argument now is they need to start looking at that from a cricket point of view to make it more clear for the layman like us. When we look at stuff and we go, clearly that's pitching outside. And they go, no, it's not. It's 0% in because it's so fine that it's mm. in. But to your guys' point, surely there should be a little bit of leeway because is the technology 100%? Well, so the, this is, so Simon and I, we had this conversation yesterday. So the thing that I've always disagreed with about DRS is it's always been 50% of the ball must land within the stumps, yet Hawkeye is known to be accurate to within five millimetres. Right, so... I don't know why. I don't know why they give it so much more leeway. I don't know what was it. Was a cricket ball in diameter, one hundred and forty-two grams. No, that's weight. You donut. But what I'm saying is that that's a far bigger, far bigger disparity than actually what needs to be the case. Yeah. And 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 I agree with you in the sense that you know the, I think a lot of the conjecture has come around with this because, in let's say the Joe Root LBW for example. When you look at the ball on top of the, you know, the blue line that is straight between the stumps, right? It actually looks like there's more of the ball outside the blue line than there is within it. That's that's that percent value they were talking about. the, The apparent reasoning for that is that the only reason that that graphic is shown is for the benefit of people in the stadium, right? But... Which, which is fine, but if it's for the benefit of the people in the stadium, at least make it look right. It's exactly what they were saying. They're going to manipulate that going forward because it looked wrong, even yeah. though. And and when you yeah, it just it's it's a graphical problem that they have, and they put then you know he put his hand up and said, look, we need to, we need to fix this. It's like the Crawley one in the third test, wasn't it? That was missing the stumps, but because the numbers said it was hitting, but then the graphic came up. I think that, one, people getting to know what the parameters mean and what it is, and, and you've got to be a bit of a geek to want to know that. But like you say, if, if as long as the image reflects what the numbers say, it's clear. The thing that I, f- yeah. I feel isn't clear is what is DRS for, one, and two is... <laughs> Why Why do we keep changing these figures? Why is it 50%? Why was it, what was it before? Because like I say, my knowledge of the laws has never, I've, I've umpired a few games and I've, I've thought, oh, not out, why? Because 48% of the ball pitched in line, but the other 52% bollocks, mate, sorry. Like you've, mm. you're, not, you're not programming that in. So let's, let's make the law, and this is where the, the comparison with VAR comes in. VAR is ruining football in some people's opinion because the laws it's trying to interpret interpret are ambiguous. 
and you, you're asking yep. someone to a, a, a binary code to interpret a multifaceted problem, mm. which you can't do. So let's let's make the laws or the rules simple. Let's have them up so everyone can see what they are. Let's have them explained to everyone when they change them, because apparently this thing was changed two weeks ago, mm. but no one seemed to know. Certainly the viewing public didn't seem to know. Well, that's why there's but been then, so much conjecture about it, isn't there? Yeah. Because we didn't and know. The other thing right. to me is they need to be clearer, for example, with, with the imaging that they show. So we've often discussed what camera angles there are. Now, we know mm. that the Hawkeye camera sits directly behind, directly above the stunts, like the main one that actually judges where it pitches or the one that's interpreting the data. However, the front of what they, when the, we've all heard the third umpire go, director, can I have front on view, please? It isn't. It can't be because there's already one fucking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless you're going to go higher or lower than it, it's got to be from one side or the other, which, I th again, it, that won't be a Hawkeye thing. Hawkeye will put an, an amount of cameras in that will interpret data, but all therefore is to interpret data. They're not there to, to view, to, to publish to the world what's going on. So yeah. if you've got the, the, the wider cameras set up, which I think is then adding, and we said this at about the World Cup, you've also got some of the – and the, if there is two people in there, we saw this with VAR when the Liverpool game when a goal got disallowed because it was stay with your on-field decision, which they thought was the other way around. And – but we saw this with, is it in the Australia-Pakistan test series, where they showed a replay to show that the ball was fair with the guy who was on strike at the non-striker's end. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So through them clearly making a fucking shocker, because it's not the same ball, it can't be, what that then does is then call into question every other correct decision that's ever been made. Because they're going, well, what's gone off? And they can sit and go, well, yeah, the numbers say this, the numbers say that. People are just going to go, you, it's like anything. You, you throw an apple up in the air, it hits the ground. People are going to go, the apple comes down. You can have some geek physicist going, yes, that's because you've got 9.12 meters per second worth of power. Don't call, call them geeks. We'll get cancelled. Oh, I'm one of them. So that's fine. I can call myself whatever I like. But you, you've got, it's like like a deaf guy, far away. Like you, you, you're gonna have some people that just sit there at the numbers and go, "Well, the fucking apple's gone down. Like the ball's not hit the stump. How have we got to a decision of out up there when the ball's not hit the stump?" So I think that's the thing, isn't it? That that's the as long as there's clarity, like you can't have something being shown to the public, like the obviously suggest something completely different to the decision they're making, right? At least make it, you know, in tennis, it seems to happen far quicker as well. Let's not forget, like, they, they have to turn that around a lot quicker and it seems like it's a lot more accurate. And that's been some people's concern with this as well, isn't there? There's been some people questioning the amount of time it's taken to turn around yeah. the England yeah. reviews when they were fielding compared to the Indian reviews when they were fielded, which if you've got question marks over a system anyway, that's just going to add conjecture. So you, you're not, it's like we've said about people putting themselves in a position to be, to have, to be right and wrong, isn't it? We've talked about it with spirit of cricket and stuff like that. Mm. The TV companies and the umpires through DRS have put themselves in a position because of what's happened before where questions can be asked. And then you've got to find a way of defending yourself. And if you're standing there with some, like I say, mathematic guru explaining in terms of coding and all this stuff about a 1%, is it a 0.5%? Is it a 2%? Is it a 52 to 48%? Are we in the union? Are we out the union? Is the ball in line? Is it not in line? Like, if you've got this coming up, and some blokes on, sat, sat there on tele going, that took a minute longer than the last one. There's something going on because this guy's not making any sense, and that's missing. It's the, very, the 
he's very he's overcomplicated, isn't it? Like I think you know from what Ben Stokes has said, he's like just get rid of umpires call altogether. It's either pitching in line or it's not. Like you know, let's let's not fuck around. Like you know, let let's just make it as as cut and simple as we can. Now, no one's saying for a second that people involved in DRS in this series have been cheating, but it is in India series in India and the BACCI control everything to do with cricket in India. And there goes my visa for March, but we've already figured out by now that they don't listen to this podcast. Otherwise I'd have never got my visa in the first place. So thankfully they don't gentlemen. It's been a lovely 51 minutes. Look, we, we we will have no doubt more stuff coming out from the test series between now and the next time we record. I think there's a bit of a break now between this test and the the next test. And uh, they've got away for spring in northern 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 India. <laughs> it's one and a half uh, degrees where they were. Yeah, they were I, don't, I, don't, Park. I don't think the lads will be going back to Dubai for warm weather training, but I think they've got a few days off. It's so look, you know, in it, skied in Valdez air. <laughs> they look. Let's hope we can try and win that fifth test. Three two will look much better on paper than three one or or four one. Of course, obviously Eugene and I are still right in the hunt prediction wise. Simon, well, Simon died after the first test, I think, from memory. I'm out twice. Yeah, well, three yeah. <laughs> five nil and three two, I think, or four nil and three two, whatever. Four nil and three two. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We love wangling ourselves in your ears every week and we appreciate you for choosing us. Don't forget to tell a mate. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Get in touch if you've got anything to say, anything you want to discuss. Anyway, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you up with you about this time next week. Ta-ta for now. Cheers. Cheers.